We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello world, it's Madison Hadler and welcome to Loudmouth Podcast. Today I have the lovely Alicia Peeper on air with me. Hey. <laughs> um, Alicia and I went to high school together, met in uh, Mr. Goggins history class freshman year, first semester, been pals ever since. Oh yeah. And we had that class with Katie, didn't we? Well, Alicia and I today are going to be talking about artificial intelligence, which is, you know, a really big topic to digest and discuss, but Alicia here has a lot of notes and knows a lot of things. I brought a soundboard. Oh my gosh. So today's topic is artificial intelligence. (laughs) Why do you have that? I got it as like, it was a white elephant gift last night. Oh, also Merry Christmas, everybody. It's Christmas. Or holidays. Happy holidays. Whichever. Well, today's Christmas. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay, We're sorry. recording this on Christmas. Yes. But it's not coming Merry out Christmas on Christmas. Merry Christmas to you only, Madison, because it's you. <laughs> Thank you. Cut that out. Um, we're, we're actually recording in my old bedroom right now. It's pretty cutie. Um, Mims. Feeling some, what, how do you say it? N- nostalgia. God, I can never say it. All right. Well, yeah, as I said before, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence today. Alicia knows a lot more about it than I do, um, but we're just kind of going to discuss, you know, the future of it and what it means for the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to like shift into that. Like, into, like, kind of what it means for humans and, like, our future professionally. Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Alicia, do you want to say your major's real quick? Your, your major's so that you... Yes, my major is information systems. So, it's almost, like, hypocritical of me because I'm, like, going to talk about how technology is taking over everything. And I'm literally studying what <laughs> technology could be doing for us. So, yikes. It's but, fine. We're doing great. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I'm going to start just by saying I did, like, the basic research. Kind of like what Katie and I did where I kind of went in was, like, my basic knowledge of it. And she went into more depth. That's kind of what we're doing here. So, um... In case you don't know what artificial intelligence is, it's um, systems that operate intellectually and independently of humans, so computer systems, anything like that. I mean, I feel like most people know what it is, but yeah, just- it's about like about like machine learning, and so it's like kind of on the basis of that, like how machines are able to learn to do things even if we don't directly teach it to them. Yeah, and so there's, like, two different types of, like, learning. So there's machine learning and then symbolic learning. And machine learning is, like, the data side of AI. Mm -hmm. And symbolic learning is kind of image processing. So how we look at images and we know, like, that's a car. That's kind of what they're teaching. Both are equally frightening. Yes. And so um, you have... different ways that they can teach it um is supervised learning it's by giving it the answer and then unsupervised learning which is giving it data and having it figure it out itself out on it 
like mm-hmm. the pattern on its own. And then there's reinforcement learning, which is the same as such, which is the same as us as like trial and error, you know, keep trying to get it right. And I watched some TED Talks over it just um, to say. So Neil Nye was one of the TED Talks that I listened to that got me kind of a lot of like the breakdown of everything. And then Robin Windsor kind of talked about just like AI in the human sense, like what it means for humans. So Mm -hmm. I have some things. But it's like learning algorithms to find relationships and it's it's trying to help us predict like future things. And so they're trying to make it less of or like they're trying to put all the data in it but trying to make it like us humans where it can also just predict things Mm -hmm. happening in the future um so like doing more intuition rather than just data and that's kind of like the scarier side of it it's all about like patterns and like them being able to learn and one of I watched a TED talk too by Sam Sam Harris and he kind of just told us that like AI is going to exceed, like, our abilities of intelligence by speed alone. Yeah. Because they're so much smarter than us. Yeah. And, like, so the first kind of, um, the first kind of thing that one of the, that one of the TED Talks talked about, I'm pretty sure it was Neil Nye, but it was talking about, you know, how they first had the computer winning the chess game. And yes. that was, like... That was in mind, too. I guess. And that was, like, a huge deal mm-hmm. for everyone. But then they started looking into it more, and it's, like, well, chess is all about just, like learning the rules and then playing along the game like it didn't really it gave them that like this computer can learn and can play against like the championship of chess and like beat him but then it started um looking at the game go and it was like it's called go it's like a japanese game and it requires more it looked at they started looking at that because it requires more intuition rather than okay like rules Mm -hmm. and so they created alpha go um which requires more intuition there's no closed way of winnings like the Japanese culture has been like studying this game for years and there's always a new way to beat it and so they thought that if like a computer can beat that game then it's like you know a big deal because it's more of intuition like there's a bunch of ways you Mm -hmm. can get it so it just like like the big deal about it was it just gave it all the rules of go and didn't you know teach it anything else like chess it kind of gave them all these different options but it just gave it all the rules and eventually it beat like the winning go champion of like japan and so that was a big deal but then it eventually played against itself and it won which was even a bigger bigger deal because it learned from like trial and error it learned from playing it against itself so many times that it finally like won and you know, so it was a big deal because it was more about the intuition rather than the data that it received. So that's kind of just like a preface as like we're talking more about the intuition side of it and how it's kind of learning what we already know and like beating yeah. us. But later I'm going to kind of talk about the book I read and how it's like what can we do as humans that machines like will never be able to do or like won't be able to do for a very long time. Yeah. So yeah. Because and how that can help us in like professional fields. Yeah. Because it's good. Like, I mean... You know, it's kind of, we know that it can look at patterns and predict things better than us, but it's, like, once it starts doing those things, like, that we thought we always had, like, image processing is, like, a big thing. We know we can look at something and know what it is, but if a computer looks at it, sometimes they don't know. But now that it's starting to learn that, that's where it gets kind of, that's where it gets (laughs) kind of scary. So I watched the Sam Harris TED Talk, like I said before, and if you're interested in this at all, that's, like, a really good starting point one because it's only 14 minutes long, (laughs) so it's a shorter one. Most of them are, like, an hour, but I watched that one, um, and something I really took away from this that, like, me and... Mr. Harris were on the same page is like that no one 
really has like the correct like appropriate response to what AI is these days like no one really seems to care that much because Mm -hmm. I mean we watch a movie about you know like the world ending or something because of the weather or something and we're like oh that's so scary but then we go watch like the Terminator and we're like man what a cool movie what a cool movie where a robot attacks you (laughs) and so no one's like thinking about it enough especially the people who are making like and training artificial intelligence machines it's like and that's like the scariest part is like no one has woken up yet yeah get Um, woke people get woke on ai (laughs) um something else he talked about though was like that the dangerous future of ai isn't gonna be like a malicious army of robots coming to attack humans just because they hate us it's gonna be like just if our like human goals and like machine goals get just a little bit off then like they're not gonna stop they're not gonna let us get in the way of like them getting to their goals and that's where it can be dangerous so it's kind of like they're not gonna come attack us just because they think we're humans and annoying but yeah (laughs) so that was like an interesting um analogy just like to the point where technology can do everything it's just gonna be like so few people are going to be successful and it's going to be just like this unfathomable like economic inequality in the world and it's going to be terrifying Mm -hmm. so it's like those kind of like more realities not like robot armies that are yeah really scary yeah so I read a book also called a whole new mind why right brainers will rule the future by Daniel Pink and it was a great book and I read it for marketing and it wasn't the best to write a paper on it for marketing but it was like super interesting because it was about um the information age and how we're kind of transition transitioning out of that um how we're transitioning out of the information age and into the conceptual age because of technology because you know 50 something years ago people used to go to college and get a degree on like accounting or like information technology something they thought they'd be like would make them super successful and it did for a while but now like just a college degree isn't gonna get this yeah anywhere and it's kind of about how we have to so the information age was a breeze for left brainers everywhere but the conceptual age will not allow for the same career related requirements as before it will demand a lot more uh, throughout his book, Pink targets left-brainers and teaches readers how we can apply his sixth sense ideology to our lives and master the untapped resource that is the right side of our brains. So I read this book because I'm a left-brainer, so I was kind of like, yikes, because <laughs> got to get creative sometime. Um, so his sixth senses, so, well, the kind of the, like, layout of the book is his, like, sixth sense ideology, which is, like, six different things that can help left-brainers or predominantly left-brainers, like, get in touch with their right brain. And because that's kind of where, what I meant before when I was, like, what we can do that machines can't, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, be creative. Because they can, like, learn as much as they want to and, like, get, like, do all the things, like, coding and stuff that, like, we could learn, but it's going to be useless eventually. And so being creative is, like, our best bet. And there's six senses that kind of don't exactly, like, create creativity, but, like, play into it. Um, So I'll just, like, go over those really quick. Uh, So the first one is design, because in addition to function these days, people want aesthetics and, like, things that are pretty. So that's where creative stuff comes in, because, I mean, I guess eventually you could have technology that's, like, keeping up with fashion trends and, like, product trends, but still, it's going to be a lot harder than just, like them focusing on the function Mm -hmm. um so it's design and then 
story is like kind of plays in with like persuasion because humans are drawn to an interesting or good story and it's kind of what makes us listen like you could spout out like as many facts as you wanted and it doesn't mean we're gonna listen to it or learn it it's like it's really how we learn too is like stories and then symphony uh so it's not just like about putting pieces together and kind of like however they might work but it's like making them fit together artfully okay and so that's again kind of like where creativity comes in empathy is like a big one I think because that's gonna might be like the hardest for computers to ever learn yeah because they don't have it's already hard for humans to learn (laughs) (laughs) wait (laughs) humans learning empathy (laughs) (laughs) amazing okay and then play is also important this one doesn't as much like directly help us be more creative but it just he talks about um how incorporating play and like fun stuff in our lives can make us better at working and so that's just an important uh part of it and then the last one is meaning so like there's a reason for everything and finding a meaning for something is what gives us a purpose um in terms of being creative or innovative giving a product or an idea meaning along with function will give the person using that product or idea a meaning as well. And so that's another thing that technology would have a hard time doing. Yeah. So it's kind of like the storytelling one almost where it's like you kind of need a reason to get something. Like stories yeah. kind of stories relate. Like more like persuasion. Though. Okay. It's like getting us interested. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's like a, a not to relate this to sorority life, but that is like a big thing that they kind of – tell you in like recruitment is to like tell your story and how how you sell us yes and how you got there and all that kind of stuff so that would yeah make sense because obviously computers can't do that and one of the TED talks that I was watching Robin Windsor said that humans are taught and can put up with an amazing amount of stuff but deny them a way to feed their family and there will be revolution and that's kind of just like talking about what you said earlier like trying to find a way that when these computers do start taking like the jobs that people have it's like they need to find a way to have uh, what's the word of it? like have you know food on the table for their family and mm-hmm. that's when they start to get creative because I mean in the industrial age like that took a lot of jobs from yeah. people and then they eventually evolved and like taught because <laughs> once they're put under pressure of like you're not gonna be able to feed your family if you don't adapt to this way of life then you know and so maybe that's like the new way of doing it is more you have to be more creative about the things you're doing to be to stand out against the computers yeah and that's like kind of one of the scariest parts because my major is literally what the computers will be taking over soon and so it's just kind of a wake-up call like we have to I mean we can still major in these things and have professions in these things but we have to figure out ways to incorporate creativity and be um, individualistic yeah kind of and set us apart from not only other people but from computers because they can do what we can do now like yeah we're not special if we can do you know if we can code or whatever like yeah another thing in the TED talk that I was watching was like how we handle that is up to up to us but we cannot get rid of it because mm-hmm. I mean they- and that's where it gets scary where people are like I mean, creating things like Sophia the Robot. Like, let's stop while we're She's ahead. so creepy. And she, she has is. a Twitter. Yeah. Like, she probably tweets herself. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate Sophia the Robot. And I'm going to get killed for saying that. But <laughs> Sophia's going to come after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's going to hear this podcast and say, 
Yeah, she's going to hear. Yep, Sophia the Robot is actually one of my avid fans. This podcast is sponsored by Sophia the Robot, <laughs> an avid listener. <laughs> we love you, Sophia, girl. Don't attack us. Another, like, phrase that the Robin guy. Robin. The guy said, named Robin. Yes. Said was, like, the nature of human nature is important because, you know, once these... And technologies start taking over kind of what we're already doing. We have to look at what makes us human and what sets us apart from the computers and focus on that more. Because yeah. as much as the computers can learn, they are never going to be human. Like they are never, like they like you said earlier, there's no way to put empathy in them and there's no yeah. way to, you know, instill these. Well, actually, I mean, that's a lovely thought, Madison, but oh I have a rebuttal. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I was watching um, Sam Harris's TED Talk, he kind of talked about this, like, scale of intelligence, and he put this guy, honestly, I have never heard of, but apparently one of the smartest guys ever oh, to me have too. lived, um, like, on the top, and then, like, put us, like, kind of right behind him, just, like, the average person, and then, like, a chicken down at the very bottom, and it's, like, kind of a scale of intelligence, and mm-hmm. then he's, like, while we can look at this and say that, you know, what's-his-face is kind of at the top, it's really a much bigger scale of intelligence that we can't even imagine right now. We don't, like, because once we create a machine that can think for itself, we don't know what it's going to be able to, like, create in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the scary part. And that's where they're going to start having their own agendas, and it's going to stray from human agendas, and it's going to get in the way, and that's where it can get dangerous. Oh, cool. Yeah. So everything I said is wrong? Uplifting podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's what I major in. Uh, that's not the term that I meant to say. Computer's going to take over the world. Good luck. You heard Good luck. It. You heard it first from us. So don't come crying. Yeah. Because we have no solution. Oh, I was. I have questions for you. Oh my gosh, I'd love to answer uh, that. Because I was looking. So I was you know, kind of questioning, like, what are you learning about AI in your classes? Like, I mean, I know you're learning, like, the actual systems, but are you, you know, learning about this at all? Or is it no, just like- and that's part of the problem. It's, we don't talk about it enough. It's like any other social issue. We don't talk about it enough. <laughs> it's like everyone at a family reunion, when we all have different views on things, just suppress the feeling. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we have... Actually, in one of my classes, we did watch a brief video on it, and it was about um, these, like, little tiny, they're, like, drones, kind of. And he, my teacher, he was a freak. Okay. (laughs) Not going to drop any names in here, but he was really kind of weird and, like, showed us this video of a fake, like, news coverage story. And it, like, showed, like, people getting murdered by machines. Oh. And he was, like, in the middle, or maybe before he gave us a disclaimer, he was like, by the way, this isn't real. I'm like thanks like (laughs) duh it was like but it was like it was partially a ted talk though and it was this guy like he had this mannequin set up on the stage and he had this little uh drone thing it was literally probably the size of like a quarter it was so small and he had a little controller with it and he would like fly it into the mannequin and it like blew up the mannequin so like these like tiny little machines are capable of destroying us so that's fun to think about oh so that's like kind of the only coverage i got in class of it was this kind of creepy little video that and my professor was provide, like no it was like a, right at the end of class in the video finished he's like okay see you guys on wednesday hope you enjoy the video and Bye. you were like oh cool i'm gonna have nightmares yeah <laughs> i turned to my you. friend in there i was like is he like serious <laughs> so weird so then what do you learn like i mean do you just learn how to use the systems that they're creating 
Then, yeah. And kind of, um, well, I had one that was, like, probably the most technology-based and, like, creating things. And it was um, basically a, uh application development was the, the name of the class. So we okay. would uh, make apps, kind of. We'd use, I don't know if you want, like, all of the I mean, technicalities. But we used Microsoft Visual Basic. Okay. And if you're, like, really into this stuff, we used C Sharp was our language. And we would just create these, like, little kind of dinky apps they would like they'd be like kind of um like a cashier calculator thing and it would show like a menu and like you'd click on the buttons for like what the people are ordering and it'd like calculate it all together and then put the tax in there and it'd be kind of how to code those oh yeah so like that's kind of what I'm talking about like where my major like it's gonna prove to be irrelevant one day yeah and because like a computer's gonna create all of this itself yeah yeah so all those you know technology-based majors are gonna have to Step it up. <laughs> yeah. Literally. That's what they're going to have to do. They are. <laughs> um, another question, and you may not know the answer to, but I wrote it down as I was, like, listening to all these. So this may just be an open-ended question that we never get the answer to. I'll do my best. Um, it's, like, how do you combat or create things, like, around this era? And I know we kind of talked about creative, but, like... It really leaves it up to the creators of this technology, kind of, like, how intelligent they want to make these things and like what they want because I mean there's ways that they could help us so much and there's ways that they could like destroy us but Mm -hmm. there's not really a way to have one without the other because the most helpful thing ever would be a machine that learns and like does what we want it to without us having to ask but once we don't have to ask it anymore like it's capable of thinking on its own and that's kind of where it gets dangerous for us um but so there's like there's not really ways around it almost it's like it's kind of just like how we have to be successful like a, without Sorry. them okay. almost like no it's like kind of what I talked about in like Daniel Pink's book like we have to be creative we have to think outside the box we can't be doing things that a computer could have come up with you know we yeah. like that's the way to like kind of live with it but there's not really in any ways like that I think anybody knows of to, like, get around it. Because as long as we are still improving this technology, which, like, no one's going to stop. No one's going to be like, okay, we're done. Yeah. And, like, stop being, like, like, stop creating these things. So as long as we're, like, creating these things and improving them, we're going to have, like, something on our hands that we might not want. Yeah. And that's a fun future to look cute to. fun and they Just like girly things all these like ai researchers tell you you know like don't worry about it. it's not going to be for you lo- you know at least 50 years but like 50 years is not that long guys yeah it's not like a little graphic of like a bunch of dots that represented like 50 years like in months and like filled it up it was like halfway or over halfway and it's like this is how long the simpsons has been on the air so it's like 50 years is not that yeah because like, you yeah yeah that's, like, a thing, like, soon we're going to be that where we don't know what's going on with technology and we're yeah. going to have to, like, continuously learn how to use it mm-hmm. and how to, like, work around it and all that. And that's what cookies are whenever you're, oh, on, yeah. like, if I'm, like, shopping away at Nordstrom. They're, like, <laughs> they give me a little disclaimer. They're, like, this site uses cookies. Are you okay with that? And I'm, like, yes, because, like, you know everything about me already, so. So, it's fine. And so, if you have yeah. a Facebook account, literally all your information I never get on is Facebook. Ever. Just, I never get on Facebook. I don't do that because it's has like it had like privacy issues or something yeah a while ago did you not know that yeah cambridge analytica that's what it was called they um just in case nobody knows i only know because well i mean it was like a big thing but also like communications this was kind of like 
a big deal. Mark Zuckerberg like sold, you know, those like those games that you can go on and it would be like, are you okay? Like those little quizzes that you take and it's like, are you okay if it uses your information or whatever? Mm -hmm. And you usually press like, okay, it's like. I don't know, what's your meme or whatever the heck they what's do. Um, but, it's, but so you could accept that. And, like, that's been used for a while. But this one company that Mark Zuckerberg sold to actually used, like, the friend's information, too. So it got your friend's information who mm. didn't even use yeah, okay. Facebook. And so it, they sold it. Like, basically, they had everyone's freaking information. And so that was, like, a really, really big deal. Yeah, and now I saw – I was watching TV, and there was an um, a commercial for – I want to say Firefox. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, around, like, protecting the user's privacy. And yeah. Stuff. And I was like – Isn't that funny? You have to make someone's a- out there. Yeah. Commercial about that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry. Like, we won't sell your information. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But anyway, it's just so funny to watch, like, these technology trends come in and out of – you know existence and then Mm -hmm. they're just constantly getting more and more yeah and that's like because i just got um one of the iphone x's 10s i think they like they want people to call it the 10 i heard oh yeah they're like don't call it the iphone x yeah because it's like roman numeral but it's like i apple you haven't been using roman numerals all the other the entire time yeah that you've done iphone so i don't even know trying to reach the old people i guess (laughs) (laughs) trying to reach the romans Sills are down in Rome. How can we get them back? <laughs> um, so I have, like, the face ID now. And it's just, like, I've been, dr- like, testing, like, seeing what it can, like, still recognize my face. So whenever I'm brushing my teeth, it can't recognize my face anymore. Because I have, like, a toothbrush in my mouth, I guess. Yeah. Whenever I am, like, yawning, it can, though. Okay. Um, whenever I'm, like, eating, if my, even if my cheeks are bigger, because I'm, like, eating, I think it still recognizes me. So I'm trying to, like, see i've been like testing the waters of like what can i get away with like what how will you still know who i am yeah like kind of um when you did when you had like the finger thing it's like if your finger's greasy it like won't detect it or whatever and people get mad yeah the face id is definitely weird because it's like it'll unlock and you're not even like meaning to like Mm -hmm. show your face yeah because i like look at my phone on the lock screen and like i have notifications and they're like texts or something and i have to preview off and so i like just look at my phone to see that i have a text and then it unlocks and shows me what the text said (laughs) and i'm like okay chill chill pro also the other day so like if you don't know me just like know that my mom and i are twins (laughs) for real and like we were hanging out the other night and uh with my new phone and she was like trying to see if she could unlock my phone Mm -hmm. and like I was standing like kind of right next to her but like the phone was pointed towards her and so I thought that it unlocked with her face (laughs) because we like have similar facial features yeah and then I was like "Uh, what (laughs) yeah got a little scared Mm -hmm. just about AI and how it impacts like the your career or like career in like the major of yeah so recently I've been kind of straying away from just getting a technology-based job but if I were to go out and just want to be you know like a programmer or something like that I would I would say and I'm definitely not an expert in any of this by the way just as a disclaimer oh they already know that anything I say on here is should never be taken expert nothing on loudmouth pod is an expert opinion nothing yeah continue um but if I were to get like a job solely in programming something I guess like what I'd kind of to do is like almost like learn the technologies and like what they can do on their own 
like the specific ones that I'm just like working with for my job for mm-hmm. whatever company I'm working for and kind of learn what I can get them to do automatically that I don't have to do. So if I'm like doing, you know, a website or a system that like has a bunch of the same things kind of in it, I can like, instead of like copy and pasting the code all by myself, like I can see like what it can pick up on maybe. Okay. I don't even know if that's a thing. Like it depends on where you work too, because some places are really behind on technology, even mm-hmm. though it's 2018. I mean, honestly, like, America is pretty behind on technology, too. Yeah, I work for a hospital. Um, I'm, like, a sort of intern data backloader person, and, like, I'm backloading data from, like, from one system to a new one. They're getting a new, like, um, electronic medical records system. And so, but I, like, move for, and it's, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, they're so behind, like, I literally manually... Like, yeah. moving records, like, from one thing to another. It's, like, very tedious, very annoying. Doesn't pay well enough for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, why? yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's, like, I'm literally, like, some of the things I'm doing is literally copy and pasting from one screen to another just on the different systems, like, the different windows open. And it's, like, why can someone not do this? Like, why can a computer not do this for me? Because a computer could. Yeah. But it's, like, at the point where that kind of technology is still new-ish and expensive and so places like a hospital in St. Louis is not going to be like let's buy this so they're like let's hire college students yeah well it's probably more expensive than paying 100 interns like 12 yeah yeah no for sure Mm -hmm. and they're like they need the money they'll do anything for it yeah unfortunately (laughs) I'll do anything for 12 bucks an hour just kidding not wink, anything. wink, nudge, nudge. Only computer stuff. It's at Alicia underscore Peeper. Shout out. Yeah, follow me. <laughs> well, depth. just like a recommendation, that book I talked about by Daniel Pink, A Whole New Mind, Why Right Brainers Will Rule the Future, is a very, very good book. And it's on an audio book. I listened to it because it was easier and I was on a time crunch to read it <laughs> by the time I had to make my paper. Um, and it was it was really, really good. And it was more about like it like the main kind of preface for it was like how to thrive in the conceptual age that's coming up but it was also about like like how to thrive in that is based on self like growth and so mm-hmm. it was really interesting so it's like a self-help book almost yeah no yeah it was like like not really but yeah not like a help book but like a growth book okay yeah because it's not like for people who like need help yeah it's like for growing and kind of Getting in touch with your creative side. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, I'm just going to go paint something probably. <laughs> uh, one thing that the guy Robin Windsor kind of talked about was how we have to, well, the specific thing that I wrote down was we have to figure out how to handle ourselves so that AI um, rises in a kind society. So he kind of focused more, like he talked about the technology obviously, but he kind of fo- focused more on the humans like within the technology and all that and not just, you know, how we're creating all these things. He kind of talked about, you know, the industrial revolution, how people came out of that and how people came out of, you know, all these like the iPhones and all that kind of stuff and how they used it to benefit. So kind of one of the things that he talked about with that quote is like we have to learn how to be better with ourselves like better in handling you know social problems and all that kind of stuff before we can think about like putting technology into it because then it's just gonna like we're just gonna put all our problems like onto the technology and it's not gonna work the way that 
you want it to and it's just kind of talking about if you rely heavily on just the technology and you don't know how to like interact with humans and stuff then the then it is gonna like take over you know take over in quotes like your career I always like do quotes and then I'm like they can't see what I'm doing (laughs) Um, but like take over in quotes you know what you're doing so you kind of have to learn how to work around it be more creative and we kind of have to learn how to work as a society before we can really start involving these into our everyday lives yeah but honestly and this is random but I was thinking about you know the self-driving cars and all that but Mm -hmm. that scares the heck out of me yeah, um, Sam Harris, his TED Talk kind of talked about those. He was talking about, like, the Google cars that drive themselves, and he was like, they have to learn, like, what the difference between, like, a tree and a pedestrian is. And my first thought was, like, why? Just, like, figure out that you don't have to, or that you shouldn't hit either. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I mean, yeah. It's so, it's so crazy, because I really just, you know, since I got into college, started using cruise control on my car. <laughs> like, probably sophomore year, because I I thought it was, like, I thought it was too scary. Like, I didn't feel at one with, like, the road. And, like, I felt like I wasn't in control. So, I'm like, I don't know how I would ever be with a self-driving vehicle. Like, it's, um, yeah. And I'm, like, kind of the opposite. Like, I love cruise control. I use it every time I'm on the highway. I almost use it. Like, if I get off the highway and, like, I get on 109 and I'm, like, it's hard to go 45 right now because I've been on the highway. I literally will put my cruise control on 45 so I don't speed. And, um... So I'm just, like, so used to it. And at this point, I'm, like, if I got a self-driving car, it'd be, like, just one other thing I'd be comfortable with and, like, wouldn't have to deal with while I was driving. Yeah. Just, like, text all my friends while I'm driving. <laughs> Skipping. But Maybe. It's, I don't know. <laughs> probably not. Well, I mean, they're made so you can, like, fall asleep, like, while you're driving. And yeah. that's so freaking scary. That is. I don't know if I would do that. I'd probably still, like, have – I'd probably still be able to – like be a good idea to have two people in the car and be like yeah take the like making sure the car doesn't crash yeah shift. like they always talk about how they're gonna be safer than like a than human a dri- honestly yeah like i'm not a very good driver yeah I get distracted a lot yeah because you can't get distracted on it like it it has like that's its only job is to like pay attention to the road and stuff but one of the things we uh, talked about, you know, with creating a website, obviously we were learned, you know, coding, some coding, not like going into it because I'm a communications major, so it's not, Relevant. like that's not really yeah. what I'm doing, but it is good to know coding for those people who are like web designers because you want to be able to talk with them a little bit about yeah. it. Otherwise, it's just, I mean, that's really with anything, like when you want to talk to someone about Be a about well-rounded it. student. Learn everything. A little bit of everything is better than like way too much of one thing. Yeah, exactly. So, and like learning to adapt, that's kind of with it. Like, uh-huh. I mean, you have to know how to use the computer. But anyway, so we kind of talked about, we kind of use coding and like design and stuff. And that was like a lot of it, you know, learning how things work together and like learning to you know, when you have a question, like, going to the manual and, like, figuring it out yourself. Mm-hmm. But another thing we really, he really stressed was, like, content and how content is, like, you know, the most important thing on a website or on anything is, like, to have content. And that's kind of, like, that creative, you know, yeah, what you were Yeah, that's exactly talking. where humans are going to be, like, having to step in when technology can't finish the job. Yeah. And it's, like, simple little design, just, like, having tabs of, like, you know, if it's, like, a person's web, like, Wikipedia, it's, like, early life, career, or something. Like, simple, tiny little things will help humans, like, be more interested and be able, be more likely to read it. Yeah, because, like, I mean, eventually the computers could, you know, or will be able to code everything, you know, for us and stuff, but we have to look at what we're putting on it to make it interesting, and, like, the computers can't just create content like that comes from Mm -hmm. your brain yeah 
50 years isn't very long, but for us, it's, like, kind of long. Like, in 50 years, we'll be retired, almost. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, it's not going to be a huge issue for us, but, I mean, it's nice that everything isn't, like, cut and, like, then start the new thing. It's very gradual. Like, yeah. we're already starting to move into the conceptual age out of the information age, because... Yeah, that is one thing that, I mean, I know, like, people creating these technologies are doing is, like trying to put it out you know little bit by little Mm -hmm. bit because obviously well and obviously they have to run a bunch of testing on it making sure it's okay and usable testing is expensive yeah but like that's i mean an important thing to do is to you know look at you know when should we put this out when is the world like ready like tying it back into this like you have to be more creative now like that's the thing that we need to learn how to be exactly and like we should be and this is also why schools are terrible because they don't like the first thing they cut is when their budgets get tighter arts and like that's where I mean you can be creative in everything you can but like that's where you kind of develop it and like enrich creativity is like art classes and stuff like that not even art but like music and stuff like that and it's crazy that no one realizes it yeah because that's I mean that's gonna be more important it's so much more important to create to think creatively because you can learn anything or google anything you can like figure like you can have any content you want at your like your fingertips because the technology and then it's like how you choose to interpret it and like create with it yeah that is what's important yeah and like I mean yeah like you said like the arts don't like just because you are like in theater doesn't mean that you're gonna be an actor and that's how eventually you're gonna make your money it's like Mm-hmm. Just learning to use your brain in different ways yeah. than you do in, like, math and stuff because, you know, you have those equations. And not saying that, like, I mean, in math you can also be creative, but you need those more creative classes to kind of, like, show you how you can put those creative ideas into different Yeah, places. and, like, we don't even know what is still undiscovered. Like, obviously we have such a huge foundation for things like math and science where mm-hmm. we're, like, kind of – and those are the classes that are, like, more left-brained and, like, we just learn – memorize things and then use it the exact way we're supposed to but someone at one point had to be creative and think outside the box of math and science and figure things out for themselves and that's where we get like the huge like super smart people like in our time yeah kind of like who's the next Albert Einstein you know like you have to be creative even within math and science that's kind of what yeah. I meant by that and that was so basically what we're telling you is to go and get creative. Um, let's get creative. Let's get creative. Go watch. Don't hug me. I'm scared. Um, but remember that green's not a creative color, green unfortunately. Is not, I'm sorry. Yeah, all don't. you green lovers out there. <laughs> Wait, but, hold on. I have a sound effect for oh that probably. <laughs> That's how we feel about green in this podcast. Green haters. Um, But yeah, that's kind of, you know, the biggest takeaway, even if this is, you know, getting scary because it is, I mean, it is scary. Mm -hmm. And if you look up videos and get into the dark world of YouTube, you'll probably get terrified. But I mean, that's kind of what we're telling you is get creative. Well, the good thing is, you know, and at least in our lifetimes, it'll be easy to deal with in the professional world. And then also the more we learn about technology and the more technology advances the more we're going to learn how to deal with it and dealing around it kind of stuff so it's not like we're going to be stuck in one place forever yeah like as humans with this technology it's not I mean it is going to be a lot faster than us but we're smarter than we think sometimes (laughs) also way dumber than we think sometimes yeah also that um so yeah that's kind of what we have to talk, or what we have today. I was going to say, what we have to talk about, we already talked about it, so. 
Anyway, so yeah, that's it. Thank you, Alicia Peeper, for coming on this wonderful podcast. Thank you podcast. so much for having me. Um, her Instagram at is at underscore. No. Or at, I'm sorry, at Alicia underscore Peeper. I was like, I have to remember to put the underscore. Yeah, Alicia underscore Peeper is Instagram. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, which honestly is my favorite She loves her Twitter. Is at Alicia P-I-E-P-R. There's no E because I didn't want an underscore in that one. That's all I could do. <laughs> I guess there's already an Alicia Peeper with that handle. So Rude. Um, I'll put that in the description. And yeah, those are hard names to Yeah, and I'll tag spell. her, you know, and everything. But also, if you want to follow me at loudmouthpod on Instagram. And I have an email if you want to get in contact with me. If you have any interesting thoughts or want me to talk about something, it's just at loudmouthpod. Oh, shoot. It's, I think it's at loudmouthpod1. I had to choose a little oh. differently because somebody already has loudmouth. At gmail.com. Um, I'll put that also in the description. So, yeah. Very fun. Don't get scared. The robots aren't going to take over quite yet. Only if you get in their way of their agenda. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, according to Mr. Sam Harris, which is a good insight, but... It's the robot agenda. Don't mess it's no with longer the, the gay agenda. It's the robot agenda. <laughs> the robot agenda is here. Okay, well, thank you for being on here and thanks for having me. Stay, oh my god. I'm so proud of you for making this podcast. Stop too. it. I'm gonna cry. Don't make me cry. Love you so much. <laughs> You're amazing. Okay, and I will talk to you guys soon. Oh. You gotta get an outro. Thanks for coming. It goes on for so long. That lasted way too long. Okay, the crickets one, like the you know the silence and the awkward yeah. crickets, like play it. It doesn't stop. You have to like press another one to get it to stop. <laughs> like <it> do- <laughs> All right, bye now. <laughs> bye. <laughs>